happy 2022 guys welcome back to another episode of the fair game podcast with champion golfer adam scott i'm andrew haynes and we've got a fun new format that we're going to be giving a try this year instead of having one guest on we're going to have two so it's going to be less of an interview and more of a discussion let's get started All right, guys, we've got two awesome guests with me today. The first one is a man you guys might know from Instagram who shares awesome content, first perspectives with all of us. Um, In addition to that, he is the founder and lead creative at Hype Media, a content agency that helps some of today's biggest brands and personalities, including athletes, stand up from the crowd. Um, He's also an advocate for just overall growing diversity in the game of golf. Ladies and gentlemen, Roger Steele. What's up, Roger? Bro, you introduced me better than I introduced myself, though. I'm going to hire you. <laughs> probably can't afford you. I probably can't afford you. Bro. I had to write this out. It took me a little... I had to, you know, do some research. You pull the nuggets. You know, do that thing. You also you also <laughs> had to do a little bit of reaching in there, I guess, too, right? You, gotta, you had to reach a little bit. No, I, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. And then uh, speaking of athletes, so our next guest also played full football at the highest level. As a ride receiver, some of you guys might know him from his time with the Dallas Cowboys. In addition to football, he is super passionate about golf. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Bryce Butler. What's up, Bryce? Well, I don't know if I'm going to hire you. That wasn't enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could have done more. How he just been touch on how fresh this boy is right now, though? That's what I was doing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You guys can't see this. Yeah. Bryce is at the barbershop. He just left the shop. I'm at the barbershop right now. I'm at the Mucilera in downtown Atlanta right now. I've got that fresh cut. I got the shampoo. I got the condition. I got the scalp massage just for this podcast right here. So we're about to get it popping. Scalp massage? How long are you in the chair? Are you in the chair for like, is it like 30 minutes? It's it's a lot of different rooms in the Mucilera. You know what I'm saying? So I walked in, went to the back. Not in this room, but I went to the back, got my mm-hmm. hair shampoo, got the hair, scalp massage, did all that. My son was next up. I got my hair dry, and then we both walked out into the main floor and got the haircuts. Now, right now, my son's in this room. I can see him right now. He's playing video games right now. So Generational lavishness is what, is what he just described. <laughs> Generations of lavishness. I wish y'all could see this, though. These waves so clean, boy. Oh, my God. Look at this dude right here, dog. Man, just like, come on. They got to take some shots off the index, dog. <laughs> got to. We got to see tomorrow. We got to see tomorrow, you know? Hey, we in Atlanta, got so it's a little cold, so I might, that ball fade might hurt me tomorrow if I'm outside that cold. Oh, uh, bro, you too, you too hot. It's going to keep you cool. You need it there. That's cool. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Like, I've seen both of you guys, and I think I've connected to both of you with on Instagram, you know, because you see, you know, like-minded people with the game, and you're like, oh, like, that guy's cool, you follow, but um, it's exciting to kind of, like, be in the same room with you, you know, and I think that when you see social media stuff, you see the picture, you might see a little video, that only kind of shows you what's at surface level, so yeah, I'd love to go a little bit deeper, and just, you know, for me, I'd love to just, like, get to know you guys deeper, and then also for our audience, just to kind of, like, you know, learn more about you guys, you know, what you're up to, your game, and so on and so forth. So let's um, let's get into it. Um, some of you guys, I know you both both of you have done podcasts in the past, right? Um, and some people might know your stories, might not. But I think it might be helpful to do a little, little intro in terms of tell a little bit about how you got into the game, you know, what you're up to, so on and so forth. I know there's one funny tidbit about Bryce that I listened to that he started out playing with blades, which is wild you know this funny thing about me uh starting playing i started i played as a kid like i roger like competitively played but like 
I played recreationally. Like my dad would take me out, my next door neighbors, you know, they would take me out. We would go play. I always had the, you know, I always had the, the thought that I was going to play football. So I just enjoyed golf because I was outside and I was on grass, you know. Um, all my other brothers, I had three brothers, so it's four of us. Everybody else played basketball. I did as well, um, but I just enjoyed being outside. That, that was just my thing. So when my dad would take me to go play golf, like, I would just hop to it, like, let's do it. You know what I mean? I was trash, obviously. Like, couldn't play the game, but I enjoyed just hanging around my pops and being on the course. So you fast forward that to, um, you know, 2016. Um, you know, I got to Dallas. I'm a, I'm a three-year NFL vet at this time. My first two years, I wanted to play, but I couldn't because I had shoulder surgeries after each season. So after literally the day after the first two seasons, wow. I had my right labrum repair and I had my left labrum repair. So like guys like the quarterbacks, like Derek Carr, um, you know, guys like that, they were going to play golf. But like I wanted to go, but I couldn't go because like I had to repair my shoulders in the offseason. So um obviously i'm not about to learn how to play the game of golf with you know repairing my, my labrums so um when i got to dallas this is how i started playing so tony romo is in the locker room he got a fresh set of fresh set like a fresh set of clubs and he's like messing with them looking at them they're all out laid out by a locker and i like walked over to him like just casually and i was just like yo I was like, you play golf a lot? And mind you, I'm like kind of new to the team. So I didn't know that Tony was absolutely damn near a pro. So <laughs> like Tony, Tony's like Tony's like real sarcastic, you know. So like I looked at him and was just like, like, you play a lot of golf. And he's like looking at me like, who's this guy? Like, why are you asking me like this dumb ass right. question? Like, you know what I mean? And uh, and so like, you know, we casually have a conversation, and I was like, bro, like we should go play one time. Like, you know, at some point, you know what I mean? Like, I'm about to start getting back into the game, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, wait a minute. He was like, what you mean, like, get back into the game? I was like, I used to play when I was younger, you know, but I'm about to get some clubs and play. Mm-hmm. And he was like, like, he was like, I've never played with you until, like, your handicap is, like, under 10. So, and he was like, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Wow. So, mind you, like, that was it, right? <laughs> and so, like, you know, I'm a competitor. I'm a competitor. So, like, I'm like, hold on. First of all, what does that mean? Like handicap. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I had no food. Like, I was like, what does that mean? Then I was just like, and then he tried to play me like I'm a bum. Mind you, Roger, I had no clue I was a bum in that. Then dude tell me I am what I am, what I mean. Yeah, I'm like, nah. So right then and there, like um that day, I went home, went on the Nike site and ordered some clubs, mind you. I don't know what the heck I need. So I'm looking at it like the most expensive clubs got to be the best clubs, right? right? So at that time, it was the Vapor. Uh, they had the Pro Combos. Yeah. They were the, were they the Nike Speeds or like, yeah, the Pro Combo, Nike Pro. They're the Nike Pro. Yeah. So I'm like, these cost like 1300 These are the ones I need, right? Mm-hmm. So I bought the Pro. So I'm like, I'm looking at the Vapor Fly and I'm like, those look big and stuff, and they cheap, so they can't be good. So I was like, all right, I need the Nike Pros. So I ordered Pros, and one of my buddies, um, he was a receiver, his name was Devin, um, and he was, uh, he played. And so I bought the clubs, and Dev was like, 
why do you have those? And I'm like, what you mean? Like, those are the most expensive clothes on like the Nike site. And he like started laughing. He was like, bro, those are plays. Like, you can't hit those. And I'm just like, bro, I'll figure it out. Right. My boy Bryce, like, man, I'm tired of people telling me what I can't do. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out. I'm like, yeah, like I kind I kinda understood Tony as into <laughs> him being a white guy, and I'm a black dude in the game of golf, and sometimes people be acting funny. But I was like, damn, I was like. You black, bro. Don't be hating on me right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, chill. Uh, so uh, it took me about six months, like of like that first year of playing, to realize like these are not the right clubs. Man, it took so I long. bought those clubs. Yeah, it did. It did. Because I was like, I was determined to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I was right. getting lessons. I was getting lessons, and I was learning how to play. And then I think I bought those clubs around like February 2016, and then by July. I ordered the vapor flies. Right. So I got the cavity backs. You know what I'm saying? I got the cavity backs. And I was like, at some point, I'll be able to come back to these blades. And now, obviously, I can hit those blades now easy. Because right. we didn't, I mean, I know you've been probably playing blades, but I just, like, I can play blades now, like, easy without feeling scared. I can hit any of the club. I think um, blades are necessary, though, me personally. Yeah, but you don't I, need them. No, nah, it's just like, it's an ego thing, you know? Yeah, you don't need them. At yeah. all. You'd rather like just give yourself the help if you need it. I play the Apex. You play the TCBs, right? But I play the, the Apex Pro. So I right. mean they're thin enough for my eye line because I don't like offset. Uh-huh. They're thin enough for me to see. But I mean, obviously I have some help. You know what I mean? Right. Like we not but then you realize, I mean, when we do what we do, you realize that the pros don't even offer. I saw Xander bag and I'm like, man, dog, you got the same clubs I got. Like, I need to, I need to get rid of my clubs and go back a step if this what you hit, dog. <laughs> 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 you don't need to be playing the same stuff, dog. Do you still have those blades, Bryce? Oh, yeah, I still got them. You game them? No, nah, I don't game them now. I'm all Callaway now. Those are Nike. So mm-hmm. I think last year I was upset with what I was playing because I had got better and my eyesight took me away from offset. So like I had a hard time hitting offset clubs. So I was like, I don't want to buy a whole new set. So I was like, what do I have that is not offset? And I went to those pros. So I played my pros all last year and I was money, but yeah. I went back wow. to, I went, I, I'm back to Apex Pro now. We kind of laid out all day. Nice. Roger, your turn. How'd you get into the game? I'm born on the west side of Chicago. My dad a police officer, so he's a very militant individual. I'm my only child. Uh, when it was time for us to spend quality time, he said, we playing golf. I didn't have much say-so in it, so he dragged me out to the golf course. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? He, he just, uh, you know, it was, it was quality time with him, but it was just like all my friends playing basketball, doing other things. Uh, football was never an option for me. My mom was like, no, 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 never. What? Not you look like Von Miller. This Bro, is Von Miller we're talking to. Yeah, she was like, never, ever, ever. And I was like, hey, you know, whatever. Uh, but but yeah, so I so my dad got me into it. Uh, I played and I played like as a kid, and I played in high school. But I didn't really have like one of those burning desires for the game that you see a lot of kids approach other sports with. It was just something that I was literally doing to appease my father at the time mm-hmm. and so you know like i so my my relationship with golf was kind of like forced for a very long time and then i go to college and i study engineering and then when i when i'm uh get into the working world i get my first job and it was like and i realized you know like six months into engineering that i hated that uh, 
spent a lot of time just not liking stuff as you know uh, in, in my in my younger years. It happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gotta win. You just gotta cross stuff off the list. But uh, but then they start telling us like, look, summertime coming. We got these client outings. If anybody in the office know how to play golf, uh, we giving y'all paid days off. I'm like, paid days off. Hold on, hold on. I love golf. I love golf. So I go back, yeah. to, go back home, get my clubs from high school, and then. As an adult, though, I just felt like my mind had evolved enough and I understood enough about the way the world worked. And, you know, I had, like, got more, like, you know, kinesthetic awareness. So, like, I knew more about my body. and You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. and, I, and, and I just developed this completely different relationship with the game. And, uh, and I started to understand it from a networking perspective. I started to enjoy, like, you know, the, 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 you know, the self-discovery elements of it. And so then, you know, and this is probably back in 20... 13 or 14 when I get back in the golf. Now I'm starting to like, oh man, I want to start playing at amateur events and all of this other stuff. And so played in some amateur events around Chicago and won one of them. Then I'm like, oh man, I want to try long drive. I'm just trying to figure out like, I want to do everything right. that golf got going on, man. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, so in 2015, I, I did some long drive stuff and, and met some of those dudes went down really? to the world finals. Yeah. Uh, man, I was, I was murdering the ball like in 2015. And then I remember father, that. I didn't know that. Father time started knocking early, though. You know, you start stressing <laughs> your body out. Hey, you start stressing your body out like that. I'm like, man, I know if long drive took me out, football would have been ugly for the boy, dog. <laughs> <laughs> if my knee started going wrist slow back, I'm like, nah. I, what I would, what I would tell you, Roger, though, football is a little lighter on the body than golf. Really? How so? That's hot take. Yeah, you have to. You gotta. Um, you gotta unpack that a little bit. My body be hurting a little bit more now that I play golf than when I play football. Interesting. You first of all, you get older. Yeah, but it's an awkward movement. Like golf is a very awkward movement. Like you're turning, like you use everything for the swing. You don't just like use your legs. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you're talking about your knees. Everything at like weird ass quick moments. It's like everything got to turn off and on at the right time. It's very. Very complicated. It's a super explosive movement in less than a second. Yeah. Interesting. And you do it like, and hopefully you do it 72 times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it be, it be feeling <laughs> like a dunk. Like, it's like a, a, a golf swing be feeling like a, like a, like pulling off a, a dunk in a dunk contest or something like that. It's like everything has to, everything has to go perfectly. Like, yeah. like you get on your, you get it on your own time and then you know what you're trying to do. And right. then you running up to it, and once you get in the air, it's like stuff happening real quick, and you just you hope that it worked. You hope the rim where you think it is. You know what I mean? For sure. So you, you guys have both played competitively, right? And you play casual golf too. If you have to, and it's interesting. I think like the I've never played competitively. I'm curious, like the mindset of when you play and when you're playing in a competition versus when you're playing for friends. Is it the same? Do you prefer one over the other? When you play any type of real competitive golf, either like a, a sanctioned event, sure. or like a, a, a stacked up money game, like a real money game, yeah, you, yeah, uh, you, nah, you just turn totally into a different, different person. I mean, casual golf, I be talking, joking, nah, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> hey, that you start getting stuff on the line, and it's just crazy, like the way you internalize stuff actually mattering, and then when you start to unpack, right. like, yo, like this could all go very terribly wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be looking at shots and it'd be like, okay, like this is, you know, par four, water right, OB left. Like, I'm gonna hit a fade down the left side, let it drip. Blah, blah, blah. 
Right. Then that, like, when it really matters, you be like, but I could snap hook this fade. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, the, yeah. is the fade, I could double cross this fade. Is this really the right play? Okay, right. maybe I should just take a stinger or something like that, bump it. Man, I got to carry this a little too far. What if I hit that fat off the toe or something? All that's happening. Yo, and then a big, and a big thing that he hasn't mentioned is, and then you just lost the last two holes. That on top. Like, dang, like, I got to catch up. Like, this dude beat me. And then I got this tough shot. And then you, it's so much more you think about, bro. Like, I mean, yes. Short I mean, we have a friend. We have a friend. Me and Roger have a mutual friend that has long hair that likes to play big money games. And, mm-hmm. bro, like, and he has a lot of money. So it's like <laughs> the way he thinks about it versus the way I or maybe Roger think about it, it's like sure. two different things. And that joint be pressure packed. I be sweating. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna pressure. lie to you. I would argue, though, that I enjoy the competitive yeah. orientation. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. If, if, as long as I'm not like over leveraging myself for like, you know, relative to my yeah. financial situation, as long as I put <laughs> of course. in a tight spot, I right. always enjoy like the competitive elements of it. You know what I mean? And, and that seriousness of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that everybody should like strive to experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. I play football on the highest level and like the way you think about football like in a pressure pack moment versus like golf in a pressure mm-hmm. pack moment. And mind you, like obviously my golf pressure pack moments are nowhere near as high stake as an NFL game or like a playoff game or like a game that you need to win for a divisional. You know what I'm saying? This is a divisional wow. opponent. But still like, and I think some of this, Roger, has to do with the fact that like, obviously like I'm not a professional golfer or like obviously like, I don't spend that much time with the game of golf that I would do if it was like literally my professional livelihood right, as far right. as like being a PJ tour player or a pro player. So right. since I was an athlete in one sphere and I know how much it takes to kind of get to where I got there, like football in a tough moment would be easy to me. I would be calm because I'd be like, mm-hmm. I've been going against this dude all day. I know I can beat him. They just call my favorite route. I'm about to smoke this dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and golf, and golf, I don't, I haven't had enough pressure packed situations in that space to make right. me feel confident over, right. over a four foot putt that's like a 2% grade of a break. So, so this, that is I what, need to- this is what, this is like, so I don't have some of these like more high pressure situations like in golf. Uh, like I played in this tournament and it's like a small tournament, but it's big in Chicago. It's mm-hmm. like the Chicago City Yam, right? And so me and this dude, like I was, uh, like I shot, and this course, Jackson Park, it's, it's a it's a fun course, but I think they're about to tear it up. Like Tiger Woods is about to come to Chicago and do some renovation cool. stuff, and they're gonna build a championship course on the south side. But it's a course called That'd Jackson Park. It's, yeah, it's a short course, and you know, you play three rounds. So first round, me and this dude, we lighten it up. Like I think I shot like 64, 66 or something the first two days. And so then we get to the last day, me and him in the final group. And then he got me down by five shots coming into like 12 or something. And so then I'm like, uh, we walking down the fairway. And so then the groups that was ahead of us, you know, they were kind of out of it. It was really just me and him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like, man, how's the match standing? And then I saw him like do like this, saying like it was over for me type stuff, right? Ooh. <laughs> he, did, he did a little neck slice thing. I'm like, oh, bro, you're not about to do me like that. 
So, bro, I go like, I go like the last five holes. I think I birdied four out of the last five holes to force a playoff, right? Mm-hmm. And so then in the playoff, we got a three-hole aggregate playoff. And then, you know, I go par, par. And the last hole, I done birdied this hole every single day. Like, I birdied it the, the first round, second round, third round. Same strategy, yep. every single thing. I hit this little punch cup four iron. Like, it, it was like a 270-yard hole, that, but it just get tight around the green. So you... I put it right in front. I birdie it every single time. And I feel like in my head, it was like, yo, this is like, this is your storybook ending. This is how they're supposed to, like, right. you're supposed to do this. Just execute, yeah. I'm like, just do what you just, you did this three times in a row. I get up over this shot, bro, and I don't know why, but like, as soon as I got ready to take that club back, like, all I could think about was like, man, it would suck if you double-crossed this. Ah. Oh no, bro! The ugliest <laughs> double cross I've ever seen, dog. And I was like, I just couldn't, like, watch, bro. Watching that ball fly off the face is just like your heart go down to your 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 ass. Like, I mean, it was yeah. just like, man, right. dog. I've never felt that level of disappointment, and but it was just because like the mental parts of it, golf, it wasn't reactionary. I'm like over the ball, giving myself time to contemplate all this weird stuff. Right. And it's like a lot of times, like you, like, I feel like in reaction sports, like you, you don't even have the time to take the bait. Like, it's just kind of like, it's, it's up and it's, it's just gotta go. Right. Up, it's in the air. You about to go get it. Like, you know what I mean? Yo, you, you responding to your defender, responding to the environment, but like over the ball, when you really get, you get a chance to like sit with your thoughts and like the worst version of yourself. And I feel like in golf, that's, that's, that's who you really uh. are. It's like yeah. the worst version of yourself. Yeah, and you have to ballot. You show up and start whispering in your ear, dog, and you be yeah. like, right. Bro. He be blowing in your ear like, man, Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Gentle whispers. It's funny because it's, and it's not even when you're standing over the ball. It's like you hit a shot. You hit a good shot off the tee. And if you're walking, there's even more time because then you got to, you go walk into your ball. You're like, I just smashed this one. Like, I'm a wedge out. So then, like, then you have all that time to think, be in your own head. Then you got to paint the club. Then you, it's just like all, yeah, you're right. You got to battle your head the whole way. If you haven't felt this before, but like you be having a good round going, you striking a good ball going where you want it to go. And for me, it'd be like, it'd be like two bad shots that I would hit. That's just like off a little bit, right? They not mm-hmm. terrible shots, but they just like, you know, oh, I meant to fade it and I pulled it a little bit. Still a solid ball strike, but like, oh, I meant to do this and I did this. And for some reason, when I hit two weird shots in a row, it's like, I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, that messed you up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the same hole, like when you when you compound a bad shot with a bad shot, that makes me mad too. Like that frustrates yeah. me more than anything. One bad shot is cool. All right, I hit a bad shot. But if sure. I'm in a bad situation, and then like, like I'll tell myself, like, you know, play conservative right here. Like, don't do nothing stupid. You already hit a bad shot. So like I'll go, all right, I'm going conservative. Right. I just knock it out or like I'll put it in, you know, in range where I can just get an up and down chip, you know, but, and if I hit a bad shot there too, like if I hit it like past the fairway back or something like that, oh, I'm hot. <laughs> I'm talking about how I like make you question your feels or like, I just start questioning like, bro, do you even know what you're doing? Like <laughs> all it takes is two shots and I'll be unwound, dog. I'm like, oh man, like you, you should have stayed home, dog. I don't even know why you out here with you, these people, You know dog. what? You know what? If you want to see Roger do that, go to Bryce Butler's channel. 
<laughs> and watch him play. Against- <laughs> and watch Roger play golf against me down there dormy club. That boy. Oh my God, I was so unraveled, dog. I didn't know what was going on. That was the funniest. That's probably the best episode I ever shot, just because it was you, Will, and Kyle, and like I probably played the best, like consistent golf for nine holes that like mm-hmm. I have played ever on like camera. Right. And like they were like up and down. It was hilarious. It was fun. Like, y'all should check that out. I just plugged myself, but it's no. the it's the Bryce effect, dog. Bryce put you on camera, dog. It'd be over for you. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that Liz, dog, but it's, it's some little voodoo stuff. You be praying over <laughs> that stuff before you pull us on the golf course. He's like, we're gonna start on the fourth pole. I'm like, all right, you know. I go like par, par, par. I'm like, all right, cool. I got it. And then we start playing. And then we get over this tee shot on like five or something like this. And I'm like, over the water. Over the water, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wait, bro, what just happened? <laughs> I'm over here like, what just happened? And then I like re-tee another one, and then hit that the complete opposite direction. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm unraveled right now. This boy, done, yeah, this boy, done unra- this boy, done stripped me naked with that camera, dog. <laughs> the next hole, I went birdie. I think I partied, and then he was done. I'm I'm watching that after this, after we record. I'm gonna go watch that. I went back there recently and I went over that same hole and I thought the same thing. Like the last time I played here, I hit the ball in the water and I hit the ball left over the trees. I did the <laughs> same thing. I did Bro. the same thing. I was hot. Yeah, oh, they, have your, they be having memories. They remember like, oh, hit the right. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we got up. him. Yeah, we got yeah, him. He, yeah. Easy money. He yeah. Easy money. Boy, Bobby, <laughs> chicken boy. Andrew, you, a, how long you been playing? Me? I've been playing for a while. Eight years, 10 years. I mean, my game has gone up and down. Right now, I'm probably at like a 15. Like, I had a baby. I stopped practicing. It's just trash right now. But, you know, I started out playing, um, I don't know, like late 2000s. Like, it was for work. I didn't play growing up. I grew up, I was born in Brooklyn, grew up in Virginia. And which is funny because, like, Virginia is the one of the best states to play golf in, right? No interest. Like, play basketball, like, ran track, you know, all that fun stuff. You know, you're told, yeah, you can go you go play ball. You're six foot four. Go play basketball, right? So that's just what you do. Um, I did... I didn't. I picked up a golf club one time, and my family roasted me to, about this to this day. Like, it was like a garage sale. Like, one of my neighbors was like selling clubs. There was like a, I had a four iron. I literally had like a Spalding four iron. It was just like in the garage, and I would just like every once in a while, if I'd bore during the summer, I would hit punch shots in the driveway, and I'd just be hitting shots. Not nothing crazy, like thirty yards back and forth. And mind you, this is a gravel driveway in Virginia, right? which is just stupid, right? So I'm just hitting shots back and forth. And my parents are parking the car in the driveway. And again, this is me, high school. I don't know anything about it. I'm like, I'm just going to hit the golf ball back and forth for fun. And I stripe one, right? Crack, breaks the window. My dad's like, what are you doing? Like, and, I'm, and now as a golfer today, I'm like, what were you thinking hitting four iron punches in a gravel driveway? But, you know, and then I picked it up later on. Um, I was at like a golf outing for work. It was one of those like, oh, you can go play golf or you can go to the spa type of things. And I was like, I'm not going to the spa. I'll go try this golf thing. So I went out. First shot was, I striped it, like holding like a baseball bat. I was like, this game is dope. And the rest of the day was a joke. So it's like, you know, I'm hitting seven iron from a hundred yards. I don't know what I'm doing, but then I was, I was hooked. So then go back home. And then you start the hustle of like getting clubs and like, Oh, this, 
the Nike Sasquatch is like the buy one, get one free. I'm going to grab that and I'm going to grab it. And then you build a bag and then you play with friends. And then I realized, oh, I barred my friend's irons. Like, why can't I hit these? This is because I'm six, four and I need like plus one. So then you like get your own set. And then like, I'm going to the range and just like smacking balls, wasting time. And I did that for about, I don't know, a couple years. And then I was like, you know what? Recently, let me start to like, think about what I'm doing. Try to like, at least understand and to Roger's point of like, biomechanics, understanding your body. I got decent, but like, you know, I'm like a weekend, you know, I'm a, I worked in advertising and design in New York city. So my time was limited to play, but anytime I can go out and play on the weekends, have fun, you, you know, you do what you can. So like got pretty good. Like I got to a point where, and it's so funny when you're actually playing well, you, you feel it and you're not even like thinking, I was like, Oh, you know, you shoot a couple of rounds in the eighties, like low eighties, you start feeling yourself. And then you put the clubs away or like something happens, then it all kind of like goes. And then for me, like one of the things that I've always b battled with and I, I'm understanding it more now is when I play is that when I hit a bad shot, I go, I go into this like dark place of like, I'm like, and it all, and it all crumbles. And one of the things, even down to like understanding the fundamentals of how to play, how to get better, I think about that. But for me, it's part about like when I, when it all falls apart, how do I get my head out of that space? Because that it's a hard thing to do. It's really hard. So it's just like thinking about both. But the, the funny thing about golf that I've realized with all the sports that I play, like I grew up playing basketball, I grew up playing football, I ran track. If I lost in a race, you know, I would be upset, but I'd be like, okay, I didn't get out the blocks good enough or whatever. Or my, my drive phase wasn't on point and that got, got me. I couldn't catch up. If sure. I played basketball and I went, two for 15, like, I'll be like, the next game, like, I'm straight. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get them buckets the next game. You play football, mm -hmm. you drop a couple passes, you be upset, but you be cool. Golf, bro, it don't even have to be the whole round. It can be one hole. One hole. And one hole. you had a double bogey, and it just blows you up. And, like, I want to get to the point mentally to where I don't allow that to happen. But it's like, right. how do you not allow Like, why do I think so? Like you said, like, how uh, you and Roger both said, like, why am I, why am I thinking about my mechanics and my swing just because I hit one bad shot? Right. Like, yeah, why can't I hard. just say that was a bad yeah. shot and then I'm fine? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why can't I do that? That's, that's mm -hmm. the thing that's tough about the game. I think that, I think that the thing that's wrong with golf is like, <laughs> like basketball, like you could miss a shot and it's like, okay, like, you know, bad release, whatever the case is. And it's like, it kind of like self-correct itself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, like the release is off or like whatever the case is. It just like it fixes itself. But golf, like it don't necessarily fix itself. You know what I'm talking about? It's not <laughs> totally. like it's not like I could step up over the next ball. Like, oh, like my natural motion generally gives me a desired result. Like you mm -hmm. always fighting the fact that there's this very, very trash version of you that's always <laughs> waiting to come out. So when he just waiting. He don't, he don't necessarily tell you when he coming. And so then right. when you see that shot, like, oh, it's bro here. And plus, bro, in golf, bad can be so bad. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, bad could be so, like, a shot is like, okay, I want to hit this, this, you know, I'm going to hit this uh, iron 175 yards. It's like a, you know, pin tucked on the right, hit at the middle, green little cut, whatever. Right. If you miss, bro, you can shank it, you can snap hook it, you can chunk it. It's like, it seemed insurmountable, especially after you didn't hit a bad shot before that. It's like, bro, there's no way I cannot put out 27 million fires right now to hit this one good shot. Like, it's, it's impossible for me to ask that of myself. 
And so then you'd be like, yo, like, why am I playing golf? It's true. So talking about hosel rockets, I'm trying not to say the shank word, but I, I just say it. I embrace it. I, that's Maybe people think that's weird. It's funny. I was I got lucky to play St. Andrews, old course, right? And 18, right? You know, you're hidden in the town. I hit, I played garbage all day, right? You got to go. Um, we won the lottery. I was over there with a buddy. We played. I hit the drive of my life on 18. Just caddy was like, aim at the flag. And I was like, aim that flag, you know, by the hotel. Aim, that's your line. Great. Just striped it. I was probably like 110 yards. It's not a long hole, right? But it's 18 and you're hitting into town on 18, right? Hit the drive of my life. Next shot, it's a wedge. It's just a wedge. Get on the green, bump and run it, get on, putt, go home, right? Step up to the ball, little soft little gap wedge. I'm like, just hit it, right? So swing at it, shank it into town, right? And I'm watching this happen. I'm watching this happen in slow motion, right? So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, great. I'm like I'm the only black guy in Scotland right now. I'm like, I'm gonna hit a ball into town. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be the talk of the town at the bars. Watch this in slow motion. Ball goes flying towards some windows. Luckily, it hits the back of a motorcycle, right? Bounces off the motorcycle, back into the fairway, sh short of the hole, right? And I'm like, okay, I can maybe get away with something. And now people are coming up watching whatever. My caddy's like, I've never seen anybody do that before. That's insane, right? And I'm like, all right, just two putt and, and get out of here, right? Three putt the hole, right? And then from that shot, it just, it got in my head. And I was like, I'm, I'm done, right? I'm done. After hitting the drive of my life. But that's my St. Andrew Shank story, so. It's I want to go there. Roger, we got to go out there, man. Yeah, that boy said I was lucky enough. And no, it sounded like you plugged enough, my boy. <laughs> luck, yeah, luck, right? luck, luck don't get you across the ocean. The lottery works. It's it's actually not that bad. We went in May. Um, we were playing a couple other courses, and we just showed up and, like, you know, if I think if you go and you don't have a big group, because it was only me and a, and a, and a friend, so it was only two of us. I think if you go with a small group, your chances are higher. I think if you have four guys, like, then you're looking for a full slot, which is probably harder, but you know. Stick aside, you in with two. Correct. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about, because you guys have played other sports and we talked a little bit about it, but just in terms of where golf, the mindset of golf and the mindset of, of, of other sports and how those things intersect. Bryce, you talked a little bit about how football, <laughs> golf is a lot harder, just, you know, mentally, physically in your body from football. Are there any, from like a discipline perspective, because I'm just thinking about, as a regular person, what I see in terms of you're in the NFL, you're training, you're practicing, like, you know, you have your routine, you're in the weight room, like that level of discipline, right. To get to that level, how much of that, if any, has influenced how you approach the game of golf? Um, a ton because, so when I got better at the game of golf, it wasn't physically, it was mentally. Mm -hmm. When I first started playing, when I like really didn't know what I was doing, swinging as hard as I could, you know, playing Matt Orange and Matt Red and Matt Green, Vivid Balls, you know, our right. goal big balls, stuff like that. Like when I really didn't know what I was doing, my mentality sucked. Which I mean by that is, is like, I would get like really upset if I didn't hit a good shot. And then like, the more and more I watched, the more and more I learned about the game, I would tell myself like, I can't expect that I'm going to hit every shot that I want to hit if I'm not putting the work in to get that desired result. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I'm playing football now because I started while I was still playing. I'm playing football now. I know if I drop a pass, like, 
you know, I can be a little upset or I can, or I can know exactly what happened. You know, right. I don't, I haven't had enough repetitions to know what I'm doing wrong on the golf course. And then when I watch TV, I'm watching the best of the best, not always hit the desired shots. Mm-hmm. So like, when I told myself, like, how dare you kind of be mad at how trash that you are when you don't really put that time in, that's right. when I actually got better because I, I stopped putting as much pressure on myself to hit all the shots great. Like, right. I don't have to hit every green and red if I can, you know, get a chip and a putt at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you would like to, but if mm-hmm. I don't, if I get a good crack at it, you know, just like Roger said, if I put a good shot on it, but it pulled a little bit to the left, I'm sure. off okay, what's the next shot? Like, so my mindset, even now, like when I play is like, don't expect yourself to be perfect. And that was the same mindset that I had in football. Like, yeah, like you might not run this route crispy the whole time, or you might miss this right. block here and there, or like you might, you know, you might drop a pass here and there, even though you, that's like a part of saying, like you don't want to drop that ball. But, um, you know, I can't go out on the golf course and expect myself to be as good as I am as a football player. So now, like, with me having more time to perfect my craft and to, mm-hmm. you know, to to be lucky enough to be in this industry in which, like, I can travel and go play golf and try to put some good golf on, you know, on film, which I do for my YouTube, you know, I have time to practice. Because now since, you know, I'm shooting content, like, when I go to the golf course and I practice my game, like, I can shoot content content therefore i can post that content you know on instagram or whatever so um obviously i'm still not putting the same amount of time in as i would if i were really trying to be a pro at this right but you know i'm able to feel like where i'm at in my game right now like it it adds up to the amount of work that i'm putting in so like it's kind of similar um, mm-hmm. but when you get into those money games and money situations or like the tournaments, because I enter into tournaments as well, you just have to get more repetitions at doing that for that to be comfortable. It's not fully comfortable right. for me yet. You know, if me and Roger go play somewhere or me and you go play somewhere right now and like this putt costs 10, if this putt is worth $10, I'm not going to worry about it too much. But if right. this putt is worth like 1500 like I'm going to look at it about two, three times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, for you sure. know, I got to get to the point to where, and you know, I'm still young. I'm 31. I figure when, when I get to like Rogers, uh, Roger, how old are you? 33? I'm 33. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like once I get like you know 34, 35, like my game will be like, like I just have more experience in the game. So right. like when I played in those games, I won't feel that nervous. Right now, like if yeah. I go somewhere and we playing a big money game, I'll be nervous. But I think in two, three years, like I'm not. So like my game will be better because those, you know, those situations won't have my hands. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. Right. You know, so, yeah, that's that's my answer to that. Roger, what's your number two sport? If it's not golf, what are you playing? No, basketball. I mean, I'm too old for that now and a little too heavy. So yeah, my knees don't, <laughs> my knees my knees don't agree with that no more. Uh but yeah, but but basketball for me was just like, you know, obviously being from Chicago. <laughs> Going around, going around, going up around Michael Jordan or like, you know, during the Jordan era, it's like it was everything. You know, if you even if you was trash, you still played basketball. Like it's just it was a staple right. of Chicago, it was a staple of the city. And so, you know, I just I always like admired basketball culture. I always admired the way people play basketball, like the elements of competitiveness and like, 
you know, in Chicago, it got a little wild depending on what parks you went to. Like, you know, if you, you say the wrong things to the wrong people, you win too many games and it's like, oh man, it's about to be an issue. We need to figure out how to get up out of here. Yeah. But I still appreciated right. that from a cultural perspective, just like, like how people were able to like talk and play at a high level at the same time. You know what I mean? And that's something that like, you know, that, that kind of served me as, as I've been kind of exploring, like what's, what's my like, what's the way that I want to play golf or like, what's the way that I play my best golf or like, and it's really when I'm having fun. Right. Like as soon as I stop having fun, as soon as I stop talking, as soon as I like start getting all within myself or whatever, like I just, I, I don't turn into like the best version of myself. And I think that a lot of that come from just like what I, like how I like to play basketball. I'm always talking. I'm always saying whatever, whatever. Like that's almost like a, a, a part of your arsenal is like how you can talk. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that's true for most sports. But it's like you relinquish that when you come over when you come to the golf course, and that kind of like give you your it give you like your your personal swag on the course. Like, and so I, I just think that you know from a golf perspective, from a you know obviously I've never played any professional sports, but like from from speaking to a lot of competitive golfers, professional golfers, like I got to spend time with Xander and talking to Annika and like mm-hmm. all these people, they be like, the, it's the intention with which they do everything that like mm-hmm. makes sure when they get to these like clutch moments or moments where they need to be clutch, they really just leaning into things that they did every single day to like pull that stuff off. Right. It's not yep. like the nerves necessarily dissipate with just like time. It's really a, a reflection of like how intentionally these people are preparing for these moments, right? Like their routines are dialed, they comfortable with their numbers, they like, you know right. what I mean? They understand all of the variables that are going into the shot. And it's like, once you understand all of the science and the numbers behind it, I just think that like, it really just become like, yo, I'm doing the same thing I've done over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that's that's a hell of a thing to lean into. You know what I mean? For sure. So I do think that like the intention around the preparedness and you hear the same thing about like all of my favorite basketball players, they say the same thing. Like <clears throat> I've taken this shot so many times already like this big game shot, like I've taken this shot so many times. Like right. it's just, this is just like me in the gym by myself, like going through the same, going through the same movement. So I just, mm-hmm. I, 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 I lean into basketball culture to like help me understand like how to become like a better version of myself on the, on the golf course. And that's what I think was kind of messing me up for a long time is trying to like subscribe to the way golfers play golf versus the way that like athletes play sports. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. That's and, interesting. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think that like, you know, it, it's all, you know, like Xander, when I was talking to him, he, you know, he's on the golf course and like, that's how he, he grew up playing golf. So he has very golf golfer oriented mannerisms, right? And then it's like, but it's like, when you take a, a, a somebody that's had success in another sport, like at the highest level, like you take a Bryce and like you competed at the highest level of another sport, some of that stuff got to transfer over into it got the, to. Way, the mm-hmm. way that you approach this thing, right? You, I just can't That's come it. over here and have him just like walking with his shoulders tucked and like hunched over <laughs> and not saying nothing. And you know what I mean? Like that don't work. Like, you know what I mean? You can't just completely break down somebody that was great at something and then have them like start from scratch. Like you shouldn't have to start from scratch. Like there's a lot of like elements of the way that you compete, the way that you get things done. And I think that it's just about like finding how that stuff transfers over. Uh, like in golf, like, you know, I was playing with this one dude. I went to this course, Sweetens Cove out in Tennessee. Dope mm-hmm. little nine hole track. We should definitely go there. 
and just like yeah, we can. I, I, I had that drink before. Yeah, that that bourbon, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Yeah, that bourbon. That's Kate Manning and yeah, so like if we go out there, that's that's like an ultimate little guy's trip. You just go play whatever, mm-hmm. play the holes backwards, hit across the property, you do whatever you want. But right. I'm playing with this dude out there, and uh, and he a good player. And my boy that brought us out there, he like, yo, this is, I'm bringing my boy Freddie. He a great, he a real good player. Bro, bro is like a plus six at one point. You know what I mean? Mm. So he like fifty, he like he like forty five or something, 45, 40 years old, something like that. Uh, and so wow. I'm getting out there and I'm like, I'm playing good though. Like I'm hitting the ball good. You know what I mean? So we go and we play nine holes and then I shoot like one under, Freddie shoot like, like four under for nine holes. And I was like, damn, like this dude really good. So then we play mm-hmm. the rest of the day, Freddie whooping ass all day. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't a game. It was just, you know what I mean? He was, he was like that dude for real. So we get off the course and he was like, man, Rod, you got so much talent. Uh, but I knew after the third hole that like I was gonna have my way with you. The mind games, wow. But he told me this after we after we done playing though, right? Sure. Like, just say that you like I don't want to tell you, no, I ain't trying to offend you or nothing. But I'm gonna just tell you like from my vantage point. I thought it's very similar to Bryce uh, to Bryce Tony Romo story. I'm like, how dare you tell me things that have already <laughs> proven themselves true? How dare you tell me the truth in this offensive manner? <laughs> but but so I was like, man, what you mean by that? And he was like, bro, like. You know, I saw uh, after the first hole, I saw you drew one. And then the third hole, I saw you missed the fairway to the right. Uh, the mm-hmm. first hole, I saw you hit a mid iron and you like hit it very, very high. And then I saw you hit a wedge also very, very high. And I knew that you didn't really have no trajectory control. Interesting. And, you know, I saw you put and, and I thought that you would decelerate through the ball. And I was like, he was like, it was just a combination of those things. You got a two way miss, no trajectory control. And right. you know, he was like, I saw, I saw the thing in your putting stroke, and I, based on the greens, I think the ball was gonna hold a line that well. And I was like, oh, and he said something about my chipping too. He said uh, I missed the green on, or I hit a, a drive on two, and it was very close to the green. And he said I took the, I took the wedge too high, and you know, it was wow. like, man, it's a bump, it's a bumper run all day. But he said after I, I, I saw you play three holes, I was like, three well, holes. You know, even if he beat me, you know, one or two holes, I know that I'm over the course of eighteen holes, I'm gonna beat this dude. I'm gonna get him. I was like. And I was like, damn, like that's that's crazy. And so I just think that like that's a breakdown right there. What, what he told me is like, bro, you don't have nothing go to. Like you don't have nothing go to. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, like I know how to get the ball in the hole. And like you don't have a real style or a way that you get the ball in the hole. Like you just all talent, no strategy type stuff. You know, even like I'm sure that Bryce, you could probably attest to this in some capacities, but like. There, there was a way that you could tap in where you just knew how you could get some stuff done. Like if dude, right. if like if, if somebody locking you up the whole, like they, they lock you up the whole game, but you need to make a play. Like I got my, I'm a, I got something for you. I got mm-hmm. something that I can go to yeah. that is, I'm, I'm going to get this in the hole. And I think that like, like that part of it, like from basketball is kind of the same way. Like I'm a decent mid range shooter. Like that's what I lean to. Like whenever we playing, you know, when I was playing in high school, like when I was playing pickup games, like I'm a good mid-range shooter. I come off the screen, I get a little deep, and then I pull up. Mm-hmm. They think I'm going so hard, I just pull up. But if I'm missing my mid-range, I could all I know that I could body my way get to the hole and get fouled. So if I miss too many right. mid-ranges, I'm like I'm throwing a heavy or something, and I'm going to and I'm getting my contact. Even in high school, we get into the run. Like right. Wow, Bryce, are you breaking guys down like that in football? Yeah, that's what you do. Say like I'm playing against a buddy of mine, like in a game or even in practice, you know what I'm saying? I can do the same thing that this guy told Roger. Like I could be like, 
oh, I knew after a couple of plays by how you go out there, how your temperament is on the field, like I was going to get in your head at some point. Because wow. I, like, I could tell after I beat you on this route, you know, you were upset. Then the next time I beat you on this route and I actually got the pass thrown to me and I caught the ball, got up field, then you wanted to blame, you know, the, you know, the defensive back, the safety or whatever that didn't help you. Then I see you looking over there at the coaches, like the plays ain't coming in fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could, you could tell all that stuff. Yeah. You're going to sell. Because, I mean, you, and football, like, obviously, with that story that Roger told me, I would have been hot because I was like, damn, bro, like, you know, I am, you know, I am a professional, my guy. Like, you want to break me down like that? Like, you put, you, you tell me about all my teams like that. Um, but in, in, in football, like, you spend a lot of time watching tape, too. So, like, right. The thing that people don't understand about football is like you play once a week and Wednesday, like month, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way up to the point maybe when you're in the locker room getting ready for the game, I'm watching tape on Roger. So like I'm trying to find everything out. Like I'm trying to yeah. find everything out. So like I'm watching them play football. If I if I know somebody, if I know some guys that used to play with them, I'm gonna hit them up. Hey, like you used to play a Roger. Like, how how is he? Like, how does he get when these situations happen? Like, is he a hothead? Is he even killed? Mm-hmm. If, if he gets beat, can you see it in his shoulders? Like, how's his body language? You know what I'm saying? Like, you do all that stuff and you write it down. And you try to see, like, for instance, when Jalen Ramsey first came in the league, we knew he was a talent, but we were like, can we get in his head? So, like, can mm-hmm. we hit him late after the play? Can we block him and try to throw him in the sidelines? Like, Will he back down to that or will he bow up to that? You know what I'm right. saying? Like, can you can you chop block him? Like, will he get upset? Like, you know what I'm saying? Can we get him out of his game? Now, Jalen Ramsey's a dog in every angle of the game. So we realize that, like, you can't really get in his head like that. And then it's like, okay, we just got to beat this guy. You know what I'm saying? Which makes it harder, <laughs> right? But right. there's other guys that you can figure out. I don't want to throw guys out there outside of that that are still playing, but like there's sure. other guys that you can figure out. Like I know this guy doesn't have good condition. So if I make sure I'm in good shape, I make sure I'm hydrated, I make sure I eat properly this week or whatever, I know if I go hundred percent every play in the run game and the pass game, by the third, fourth quarter, this dude's gonna be tired. Like this dude's gonna be tired and I'm gonna have mm-hmm. him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's like a, but that was like a, a real interesting part because I think that like when we course manage, like if we was really, if you was breaking down a golf course, like you broke down defense, right? Or like you broke down the, pe- the people that was going to be uh, defending you, the corners, whatever, like you would do the things that you needed to do to make sure that you won. And I feel like right. in golf, we don't necessarily, we don't understand what the win is. Like the win isn't like me, beating the drive 350 down the like the middle of the fairway mm-hmm. like the win is legit making birdie how do i make birdie yes what's the what's the most efficient way for me to make birdie right. but i think that like somehow in golf like it's like the game is so deep we get conditioned into like thinking that we have to make birdie a certain way instead of making birdie like our way you know what i'm talking about yes and it's like, uh-huh. it's like the whole vanity orientation and the ego and stuff like that. And it's like, man, bro, like the dude was like, bro, if I could just get you to hit a punch cut all day, you would make so many birdies. Mm-hmm. Like if you just literally punch cut every club in your bag, you would make so many birdies. You already want to swing left. You already set up for a cut and aim left. Like if I could just get you to punch cut everything, you would make so many birdies. 
But then the next time I went to go practice, what was I doing? Swinging out my damn shoes, hitting draws and stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> the game is so like cold. It's like, it, it like lulls you to sleep as far as how you could get good at it. And it's like a lot of metaphors in life uh, uh, around it, man. But I, I, I drive, I derive a lot of inspiration from how other people prepare in other sports. And, and I think that mm-hmm. like, that's really the key to getting good at golf is like understanding like leveraging your success that you've had in other areas of life and right. bringing it, granted, if it came with hard work, right? It should have came with hard work, but leveraging success where you had it in other places and then bringing that stuff in the golf is kind of like the, the way that I see it working. For sure. I hear that. I want to talk a little bit. And now everyone on this podcast in different ways have, you know, been champions for diversity in golf, right? I love to just and I'm not going to ask the same old like, oh, well, you know, what do you recommend from diversity? Because I think we've we've all answered that question in different ways. I'd love to have a little bit of a, not a critique or some type of like analysis, but in terms of after you've kind of like gotten on your you know platforms and, you know, shared your perspective in terms of what can the game do to increase diversity based on, you know, what's been shared from everyone on this podcast and then other, you know, people out there. Um I personally have noticed a little bit of a change in terms of like what the industry has been doing in terms of, you know, showing different faces, highlighting people of color, males and females, that type of thing. I would want to just have like an honest conversation in terms of what have you seen? What change is good? What change is bad? What do you, what do you think is next? What can the game do better? Let's start there. As far as like, as far as things that I think that, uh, golf can do better is just uh, create more opportunities for people that already have um, like they like it, it, it's certain artists and certain athletes that already have so much like culture capital. Uh, they have the eyeballs, they have the attention. And mm-hmm. I think that golf needs to find a way to introduce the game like in conjunction with whatever they're doing and start at earlier and earlier ages. Like I think that like a lot of these college athletes basketball football needs to be getting introduced to golf in some streamlined way and i think that you know golf companies and outlets should be paying to like get them acquainted with the game at an early age uh so that they can have these unique experiences because like the thing that that bothers me with like diversity uh initiatives in the sport is even if you like build out the opportunities you still have to solve for the demand and the fact mm-hmm. that the matter is like as far as jobs in the golf space like, it's not a lot of people that's out there knocking down doors to get to those jobs, like, from my city. You know what I mean? Like, people right. not itching for an opportunity to go, like, work as a, a assistant <laughs> pro. They're not begging for an opportunity to, like, do things in the golf space. And so I think that what we have to solve for is, like, we have to create demand in this space. And that requires that we open the space up and we start architecting ways to let people that have influence and affluence from, like, subcultures have a chance to be represented in this space and i think that like that's why i lean heavy into like man what what athletes outside of golf like that's why it's so dope what bryce is doing like what athletes outside of golf can we like really show to have a deep love affair with the game like bryce larry fitzgerald steph mm-hmm. obviously helped you know aaron hicks he, he helped like it's, it's a bunch of athletes from all these different sports see why like to have deep love affairs with this game and I think mm-hmm. that, like, we need to start fostering that love, like, earlier and earlier and earlier. And we need to start streamlining pathways for, like, kids like Mikey. Like, why, why, 
how come ain't nobody took Mikey Williams to the golf course? You know what I mean? Or like, like you know, how, how what, what does that look like? How do we get kids involved in the golf space? Is that top golf? Is that a five iron thing? You know what I mean? And, and make mm-hmm. it really like, make them fall in love with the game and so that we can get everybody that looks up to them uh, to fall in love with the game. And then we can meet that demand with those supplied opportunities and start telling them like, yo, you really love this game where there's a lot of ways for you to like live in this game. You know, there's people like Andrew that's doing these things on the creative side. You know what I mean? There's people yeah. that are pros. There's people that are, you know, like like on the agronomy side or like, you know, like agriculture, whatever, whatever you wanted to do, like you can- Or engineering. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you could be an engineer and do things in the golf side, course design, architecture, you know what I mean? Like. Like on the gambling side and on the betting side, like it's all types of things that you could be doing. So I, I just wanna, I wanna solve for the demand. Like that's a lot of my orientations on the on the diversity side. Is like, what are the ways that we can like facilitate true demand and create an affinity to the sport, and not just say like, oh, there's all these jobs and golf. Like, no, nah, the kids gotta love it though. They gotta love right. it. You know what I mean? So. Without that, I think that you kind of like beating the dead horse and setting yourself up for failure, uh, trying to like put all of these programs in place. Like we're allocating all of this funding to these programs, but like the kids don't love it. So like that money is just getting used by the same people that's in golf already. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, so it's like, it's almost a game of sorts because it's like, I can say that this money is being allocated to these programs for these reasons, but like that money gonna get spent. And if, right. if the people that's there, the, the people that it was intended for are not there, then other people are going to use that money. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and then it, it kind of gives like, it gives governing bodies a chance to be like, we tried. Like, we and tried. it's like, but you right. really know, you know? So that, that's my thing with it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Like, shoot, 100% of what he said is like the reason why like I'm in it and as thought that I am because the thing that I know about our community is that we don't really see, you know, representation is everything. So with anything, man, like mm-hmm. Obama was great re- representation for us. Um, Condoleezza Rice has been great representation for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, so once you see those people in those spots, then you go, I can do that too. You know, and for most of us, when we were growing up, what did we see a lot of? Jordan, T-Mac, Jerry Rice. Uh, Jay Z, yeah. uh, Ti, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's what we grew up. That's what we grew up, and that's what we aspire to because that's what we saw, and that's what I would say the white media has basically allowed us to see. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't really spotlight people like Condoleezza Rice that much, or they didn't spotlight you know the the guy that's the bioengineer, here, or they didn't spotlight the guy. Uh, the the black man who made the air conditioning unit or the refrigerator unit. Like, they didn't tell us that. Like, we found that out on our own down the line. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, to, to to basically just piggyback on what Roger said, I'm glad he went first, is, is we need the demand to be there. And like, what, what I'm doing, there doesn't need to be another me going, like, like, I do this, but there doesn't need to be a me going out doing football camps to get guys to play football. Like, that's all right. Right. You know, it's already happening. So, like, you know, I'm going to do my football camps. I do two to three, but, like, a year, but that's it. Like, I don't need to do that. But, like, it means more for a Bryce Butler, an NFL seven-year vet that goes out to this golf course and gets people from the the inner city or the people that just are 
just don't have the opportunity to be there typically on the golf course and see them smiling, see them having fun, see them trying to hit a ball, see them feeling awkward, see their friends laughing at them because they couldn't hit a ball a certain way. Then they get that desire to go, oh, actually that was dope. Like that was fun. Like I thought golf was corny. I thought golf was just, I thought golf was just polo shirts and doctor pants. And this white guy that like is just telling me to tuck my shirt in. Like I thought, I thought that's what golf was. No, like golf was dope. I can listen to, I mean, I'm not doing this, but I can listen to NBA young boy on the golf course. Like I can listen to this guy about court. You know, I can do this stuff on the golf course that I, I wouldn't think that I could do. Like, I can hang out with my boys on the golf course and we can have a good time. You know what I'm saying? We can laugh, right. do it, like we don't have to be quiet. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I think, you know, my whole goal is, and I think it's working. I think Roger can say the same thing. Like I know he get plenty of texts, plenty of DMs from people that he may know or may not know. Like, hey man, like what you think about my swing? Or hey man, I'm at the right. golf course. Or hey man, like I, you know, thank you for you know giving me the like the inspiration to go try it because I love this game. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then that works because now that guy, he's our age. He has a couple kids. His kids want to go play golf. He's gonna go take them to play golf, and he ain't gonna look at it like golf like right. go play basketball like you know what i'm saying like tony freedown's dad uh i've met with him one time and he told me you know he grew up in inglewood you know tony freedown's dad grew up in inglewood mm-hmm. with like uh what's his name uh byron scott and all those guys like you know yeah. basketball guy right. and he said that he let tony play everything but he made sure he stayed consistent in golf mm-hmm. and the reason why he said was is because and all that other stuff was easy. You know, he can go play basketball anytime because everybody's doing it. He can go play this because everybody's doing it. But golf, I have to make sure he goes and does this every day. And then obviously Tony's going to make the decision for himself. But the biggest thing for, I think, for us to get the next generation involved is we have to get these adults that are our age, maybe a little older, to look at the game in a different light so that when their kids want to go play, they're not calling their kids lame or calling it a white man's game to go play. We need them to go like, hey, yeah, let's go play golf. Like my son, I take, I almost try to take him every time I go to the range or even to the course. I take him with me all the time. And so at least, even if he doesn't play, he can be the next Steph Curry. But mm-hmm. Steph, you know, what Steph does, like, you know, he works, he shoot, he supply Howard with a whole golf program. Right. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? And and he does not play golf professionally. He plays basketball. He's one of the best basketball players ever. So um, I think, right. you know, that's what I want to do. I want to touch, you know, obviously, like you got to touch the people that are around our age that are having these kids so that they can get the next generation because it's always about the next generation, right? And how do we get the next generation to want to do it? Well, we got to get these mothers, we got to get these fathers to get their Rogers on the course, even if they don't right. like it. Right. He was on the course and then he got to a point where he was on, oh, snap. I get it now. And guess right. what? Now Roger's going to take his dad to Pebble Beach in a couple of weeks. Right. And you know right. what I'm saying? Like, which right. is dope. Mm-hmm. So. It's so true. I mean, you even forget that because like, yeah, I love golf. I got the bug and I am addicted to it. My son's too. And like, you, it just becomes a normal part of your life. Like, oh, you're one now? Here's your little, little tykes, like putter and wedge. Like it just, and it's just there. And like, or I'm watching golf on the weekend and, and it's less of you to your point of trying to say like, oh, you have to go do this thing. And you're, it just becomes, it's part of your universe or you're part of your atmosphere. 
And then if you're into it and you love it, great. And if you don't, that's cool too. But it, but you're right. It's it's about that level of exposure. And that's the that's the most organic and, and true way to, to trickle it down to the next generation. So guys, that was awesome. Thanks for the time, Roger, Bryce, to get out of the barbershop. You've been there for too long. <laughs> hey, they about to talk Bryce right. for another cut, dog. Yeah, he might. I'm about to, you know what? I haven't paid yet, so I'm like, I hope they don't charge me for this podcast, bro. There will be a rental line on the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fair Game Podcast with champion golfer Adam Scott. Don't forget to hit subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or whatever service you may be using. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Fair Game Golf, where you can follow us there too. We'll see you next time.